Hi, this is Larson Hicks, and welcome to my podcast, where I rant and rave about whatever it is I'm currently thinking about, and also occasionally bring in much smarter guests for longer conversations about topics they're passionate about. Thanks for joining me. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to the Larson Hicks show slash channel. It's good to have you on. Uh, Thanks for tuning in. Today I want to talk about uh, wealth and about the love of money and about all of those kinds of things. Uh, big issues in uh, in the uh, Christian world and and a lot of uh, debate, a lot of uh, confusion. I think probably um, there are some parts of the church who think that money is evil because didn't the Bible say that money was evil? And uh, there's other parts of the church that have completely baptized greed and said, well, all, all greed is good because, uh, because we're uh, free market, um, you know, Ayn Rand uh, style um, uh, conservatives. And, and of course, you know, pursuing anything but maximum profit is just, it's just evil. Um, so where is the truth? What does scripture have to say about this? Um, well, Let's uh, let's dive in. I've, I've I've pulled up a couple of verses here, a couple of places in Scripture. So I'll start by looking at um, this is this is probably the most classic, you know, standard verse that people go to. It's from First Timothy chapter six and uh, verses six through ten. It says, "But godliness with contentment is great gain, for we brought nothing into the world, uh, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing." With these we will be content, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. So it's interesting because um, the passage that that um, that got me thinking about this this week was uh, actually from Ecclesiastes. And, uh, and, and this, this had got me thinking about this. My son and I were talking about the love of, of money. He was, he had read this passage from, from Timothy and was asking me, so, uh, if we love money, if we per- pursue making money, is that, uh, evil? Um, are we, are we, cause he was reading the King James and it says for the love of money is the root of all evil. It doesn't even have the kinds of evil. Um, and it doesn't say, I think it says the root and not a root. Um, so um, so it sounds very definitive and it sounds like that's, that's what that's saying. Um, so first of all, we don't want to try to explain this away. This is true. This is all true. This is, this is scripture. So it's talking about, um, how the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Um, and it's through this craving that, that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. What's one of the interesting things about this verse is, um, is that passage I was looking at in Ecclesiastes, um, actually, I think it, there's a callback here to this passage from, from in Timothy. So this is Ecclesiastes 5, starting in verse 13. There is a grievous evil that I've seen under the sun. Riches were kept by their owner to his hurt. And those riches were lost in a bad venture. And he is a father of a son, but has nothing in his hand. As he came from his mother's womb, he shall go again naked as he came. And he shall take nothing for his toil that he may carry away in his hand. This is also a grievous evil. Just as he came, he shall go. And what gain is there to him who toils for the wind? Moreover, all the days, all his days, he eats in darkness and much vexation, sickness, and anger. So, so there's a callback. If you look at Timothy, um, verse seven, uh, this is chapter six, uh, verse seven, for we brought nothing to this world 
and cannot take anything out of it. And then you look at um, verse uh, 5 here from Ecclesiastes 5. It says, as he came from his mother's womb, he shall go again naked as he came. Um, so so I think there these these passages are actually um, related. I think the author of, of I, think, I think Paul um, in his letter to Timothy was actually uh, referencing probably this passage. So very familiar passage talking about the same topic, the the uh, about riches and about um, and about the futility uh, in Ecclesiastes, certainly the futility of um, of somebody who um, who keeps riches um, to his own uh, to his own hurt um, that were lost in a venture. And so it was just vanity. Um, I think what he's saying here, um, and we'll look at, at other other pass, other sections of, of this uh, this section in, in scripture, just to kind of compare and get more context. But but just just very quickly, you know, the 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 Timothy passage is talking about contentment, godliness with contentment is great gain, um, and then here in Ecclesiastes, he's talking about riches being kept by their owner um, and and being lost in a bad venture, and and this. Just providential situation where somebody who has a bunch of riches um, ends up with nothing. This happens. Uh, this happens in the world that God made, where people um, work and make a bunch of money and think that they're going to have an inheritance for their kids, and then they don't. Um, and it says in verse 16 there, um, um, So shall he go, and what gain is there to him who toils for the wind? So what is he toiling for? He's toiling for vanity. He's toiling for riches. Um, and that is a great vanity. So I'm going to move on um, to let's look at, at uh, let's just back up a couple verses in Ecclesiastes five because I think um, I think there's kind of this the, these two sections of Ecclesiastes. It's this chapter five is is about this topic, but there's two sections that I think are kind of juxtaposed to each other. They're sort of um, t- two different ways of approaching money or thinking about money, and this is the bad way. So. Uh, he who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income. And this also is vanity. So we saw a second ago, he talked about how, you know, he had this, he had this wealth and lost it and it was all vanity. Well, this is what he's talking about. Somebody who loves wealth and going back to the Timothy passage, right? Um, the love of money leads to all kinds of evil. And in this case, vanity, um, when goods increase, they increase who eat them. And what advantage has their owner but to see them with his eyes? So, in other words, mo money, mo problems um, is what is what Solomon is teaching us here in Ecclesiastes. When goods increase, they increase who eat them. You got more, you got more money, you got more problems. You got more pe- mouths to feed, more stuff to worry about. Um, sweet is the la- sweet is the sleep of a laborer, whether he eats little or much. But the full stomach of the rich will not let him sleep. So again, more money, more problems. You you um, you have uh, when when uh, when you own a lot of things, when you own a lot of stuff, when you um, have productive property, whether it's real estate or it's a business, um, it comes with a lot of stress. It comes with a lot of problems. It comes with a lot of people that need to be fed, people that need to be paid, and um, and so the laborer. You know, the slave, the laborer, the person who doesn't have any money, doesn't have any problems and can just sleep, can just work, be tired, go to bed, not think about or worry about tomorrow. Uh, it's not his responsibility. Um, and so 
So Solomon in his wisdom here is teaching about the vanity of loving money. If if your pursuit, if your desire is uh, money, is riches in and of themselves, you're foolish. Um, and uh, it would be much, much wiser for you to to just enjoy, just be a laborer and just enjoy your your work. Um, and uh, and um, because if you just love money for the sake of money, if you don't, if if you're not pursuing a calling, if you're not pursuing um, stewardship of the gifts and of the um, the tasks that God has given you, um, then um, then you're just gonna you're just asking for more problems um, that that perhaps you're not cut out for, you're not you're not um you're not uh, prepared for. So let's look at uh, what I think he's juxtaposing to this passage, which is uh, just a couple verses down in Ecclesiastes five verses eighteen through twenty. Uh, Behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil which one toils under the sun the few days of his life that God has given him. For this is his lot. Everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept his lot and rejoice in his toil, this is the gift of God. For he will not much remember the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with joy in his heart. So, um, you know, you hear that 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 phrase, um, time flies when you're having fun, right? And that's basically what verse 20 is saying. Uh, he'll not much remember the days of his life because God keeps him occupied in the joy in his heart. Uh, so time flies when you're, when you're having fun. And um, there's nothing there's nothing better um, than to eat and drink and find enjoyment in your toil, to, to, to love the work that God's given you, um, to love the lot that God's given you, and to pursue it uh, with joy. And, and, and to be like that laborer who has sweet sleep, um, but you have sweet sleep because you're focused on the work. You're focused on the calling. Um, I've, I've given this talk. I think there's a video on my channel about seasons of a man's life. And that, that's a uh, totally hundred percent ripped off from my friend Rod Ulps. Um, you should check it out if you haven't, but, but that whole video is all about the pursuit of a calling. Um, and, and I think this is the uh, this is the danger. Um, I just did a, a, t a conference thing, mini conference thing in Huntsville about family-based businesses and recovering this biblical and ancient idea of the, the institution of the household and, per and acquiring productive property. And all of that's good, and I'm not backing out of any of that. But we um, but if we're if we're pursuing it for its own sake, then we're we're missing the mark. And the talk I gave, I had limited time, and I didn't get into this topic of calling, but but it's really a key to the whole the whole discussion is um, pursue your calling, per, and 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 what that looks like practically is um, trying a lot of things probably early in your life, um, and um, experimenting, and not pursuing the quickest way towards making the most money. Um, if you do that, you're going to be like the people that we've already read about. Um, it's, it's vanity and it's going to be more money and more problems. And you're, um, going to, uh, and, and, and if that was the pursuit, if the, if, if the end you had in mind was more money, um, then you're going to be like the guy that we read about who loses it all in a bad deal. Uh, that happens. And then what, and what did you spend all your life on? Um, if you weren't pursuing something that brought you, joy and satisfaction where you felt like I'm doing the thing that God made me to do. I'm being a good steward of the gifts he's given me, whether it's just talents or it's actually money or it's, or it's inheritance. Um, 
or it's opportunities. Be a good steward of those and 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 labor in them with joy and trust God. You know for the for the increase. Trust God for the uh, outcome. If we're doing that, we can avoid this. I think we can avoid this um, this trap of making riches, of making wealth the goal. It's not the goal. Um, but the, this is the cool thing: is that um, God, this in verse nineteen, everyone also to whom God has given wealth and possessions and power to enjoy them and to accept uh, His lot and rejoice in His toil. This is the gift of God. So it's a gift that God gives his people. He often gives his people. He loves to give his people uh, wealth. It's not a, it's not a, uh, there's not a, you know, wealth equals evil, uh, possessions equal evil. Uh, There's temptations and there's dangers that come along with having those things. And, um, and especially if uh, you make those things an end in and of themselves. But I've seen this. I've, I've got great examples in my life. I, I, I'd actually say my mom is a really wonderful example in my life of somebody who has most of her life had money, um, had access to money. She's she, Her parents were very wise with their money and invested in things. And my mom inherited that productive property. And my mom's been a good steward of those things. But but I, I can't say that I've experienced experienced uh with my mom uh, and we're pretty close and we talk pretty regularly i don't know that i've ever really heard her stressing out about money um it's it's not um it's not an idol it's not something she spends a ton of time and energy um uh trying to grow uh, but but she's trying to be faithful with it and she's found ways to um take the inheritance she's been given uh she's th- that her parents left her in real estate and, and continue to use those and to, to give generously um, for the kingdom. But she also is, is turning a profit on them. She's, she's reinvesting in things that she's good at doing. Like uh, she's got an Airbnb now on the beach. And she's awesome at, at making beautiful, hospitable places that people love to be in. And, uh, and, and lo and behold, her, her property down there is doing really well. Um, so she's a wonderful example to me of what um, an appropriate uh, use of wealth, an appropriate uh, perspective on wealth is. And just to kind of close it out, let's look again at, the, at Tim, that First Timothy um, chapter 6 passage. This is, this is the end of the, the passage. And it says in verse 17, as for the rich in, his, in this present age, charge them not to be haughty nor to set their hopes uh, on the uncertainty of riches, but on God, who richly provides us with everything to enjoy. They are to do good and to, to be rich in good works and to be generous and ready to share, thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of, what, of that which is truly life. So um, the same, this is the same passage. This is the same place where, where Paul is warning against the love of money um, and how it causes people to stumble into all manner of sin. Uh, but then he turns around and ends the passage, that, that chapter, with, um, with, you know, here's how to think about the folks in your, in your congregation, in your community who are rich. Um, Timothy, you know, pastor, uh, charge them not to be haughty uh, and, and charge them not to set their hopes on, on riches. Um, again, I think he's calling back this, this passage in Ecclesiastes, um, naked, you, you came, um, into this world and naked, you were going to go out of it. Um, you could lose all of it in a bad deal. Um, set your heart on being a good steward of those things that God's given you, um, to be rich in good works, rich in doing good, being generous and ready to share 
And, and in doing those things, you're storing up treasure for yourself. Um, so I hope that helps. I, th- I think the, the, the big kind of revelation for me is, was this idea that, that, um, that riches are, that, that if we set our hope and our desire and our goal on acquiring riches, um, then, um, then we're setting ourselves up for disappointment because, um, we all should know that God, uh, takes, God gives, he takes away in his wisdom, in his providence. And, um, and, uh, and there's no certainty, you know, in any of these things. And so if, if your focus and your desire and your energy and your efforts are all aimed at, how do I acquire more money? How do I get rich? Um, then I think you're, you're pointing in the wrong direction. Um, if, however, you desire to be a good steward of your time and your talents and to be a good, uh, to, to, to abound in good works and service to God and to his kingdom, and that leads you to, to, find, um, to find your calling and to find things that you are, you are able to do um, very well and be excellent at, um, then, then don't be surprised if, if you end up with riches, with, with uh, financial gain. Um, but but hold it loosely and hold it and, and use it. Put it to work for for God's glory, and um, and I think you can avoid um, the ditch here on either side of of wealth. Um, I think that um, it's a it's a uh, it's a mistake for Christians to believe that um, wealth is a necessary evil. Um, and uh, because it's not, it's a tool, and God, God is King, and and owns, um, you know, the uh, the gold under a thousand hills and the cattle on them. Um, so, so God is wealthy. Um, God pours out His wealth generously to um, to His people, um, and so it's it's a wealth is a tool, it's a resource, um, and uh, and we should we should be eager to um, to acquire it. Um, uh, as a as a result of faithfulness and obedience and hard work, so I hope that helps. Um, I, I'll just go back and say, you know, look at the two examples in Ecclesiastes. I think these two passages, First Timothy six and Ecclesiastes five, give us really a, a very balanced view of of uh, of wealth. And and I think it's a mistake to take the one verse about the love of money out of the context of, of the passage and out of the context of the passage that I think um, Paul is referencing back in Ecclesiastes. So, so look at these verses again, and I think you'll arrive at, uh, at, at what I believe is wisdom, just wisdom on the topic of money and on the topic of work. Hope that's helpful. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you next time.